0: This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. All right, folks, welcome back once again to the show that rarely never seems to end, and that's the DLR (laughs) Cast. the only podcast by and for fans of the mighty diamond one diamond david lee roth as always i'm steve along with my good friend here the dangerous darren paltrowitz darren's been a couple weeks and uh great to see you again great to be talking all things dave as always we've got some interesting things going on how you been
1: uh you know what it's one of those things where when we've been taping episodes it's kind of been like a oh we have to, it's Steve, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, but <laughs> kind of wish going into these that you're going to have like positive news to talk about on the air and well, all sure if many of the things that we're going to talk about in this episode are positive except being on a podcast with you. Now, that was positive.
0: Okay, well, well, let's get to that, right, first and foremost. Uh, big props and huge thank you to the folks at, the guys at the And the Podcast Will Rock pod uh, podcast and the podcast will rock. There you go. Uh, and you and I were, uh, were duly honored to be guests of uh, their most current episode, episode 45, depending on when you're listening to this. And, yeah. uh, you know, I first started, I checked those guys out very early on. And I my podcast, um, my my podcast digestion, if you will, is, is gets so scattered because I will get into something, somebody, and then it'll just it, what I'm getting at, I it had been a while since I had really dug into these guys. And I love their format and their premise. And that is every week they spin a very uh they spin a wheel and let's see what comes up. And we had a great time talking about you and your blues from um A different kind of truth for my money we could not have picked a better song ourselves for me personally and those guys are funny and fun and i just i had such a good i got off of that call just thinking man i had so much fun talking van halen and, and cutting apart a song like that so thank you again guys for having us on
1: all agreed, and they have other great associated podcasts on the network about Deep Purple, Judas Priest. So it's it's definitely speaking to the converted of the people listening to the DLR cast, as opposed to them being a say a Maroon Five podcast network, because that probably wouldn't cross over per Adam Levine's text.
0: Probably not. And that is a very cool podcast, too. So uh, the odds are good if you're listening to this podcast. You probably already know and the podcast will rock. But if you uh, are unfamiliar, be sure to check it out and subs- like and subscribe. Not just our episode, but go back through the archives there. Like, they did stay frosty a while back. And yeah. they just, the Sammy stuff, it's 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 really good stuff. And thanks for bending the rules for us, guys. So, and then
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but enough with the being nice. Let's talk about Dave's two new live old new releases since we've last. Taped. Oh. Because oh. We, we When we were first talking about taping another episode, there was one. And then because of yesterday, there's two.
0: Well, you can almost. So, yeah. So let's see. Right after we taped. For, so first came out Panama. Yeah. And as folks know, these are basically re-recorded live, apparently live in the studio, recorded May of 2022. They're dropping. I, I've only been seeing them on YouTube. Have you seen them anywhere else yet?
1: No, they do not look to be going up anywhere else. Uh, which...
0: That's that, that's kind of odd. So, <laughs> yeah. So, no, so yeah. So, I've been traveling. We've both been really busy. And as usual, as soon as we get off and finish an episode, within 48 hours or more, a little bit, within a couple of days, another track drops, it seems. So, first came... Panama, we went, all right. I think we were all puzzled. We talked about this in the last episode. Why? What's the point of this? Especially when you were on a roll there putting out music from ostensibly what were the John Five sessions where the music is just different and fantastic and cool and everything that I had hoped it would be after hearing about this for so long, right? Uh, Five tracks from that, those sessions came out. So all of a sudden, Panama gets dropped and then a little less than two weeks ago, ain't talking about love comes out and then two days ago dance the night away comes out yeah and this is the band uh we've got uh Alistrata on guitar ryan wheeler on bass and francis valentino on drums Re- says it's recorded by tom sarowski yeah. and uh it drops on youtube nowhere else and so i guess number one listen i I'm not going to necessarily critique it. Does Dave sound good? Sure, he sounds fine. Is it so- does it he, sound is he sa- does it sound anywhere close to the original? No.
1: No. Over- I, I'm going I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to say this dance tonightway is not great because there's a high note in just about every line of the song and he doesn't hit him that he doesn't hit so you go like so why did you do this song for these sessions isn't there a song that you could talk more a little through like beautiful girls which he was known to talk to it's not a good look as great what's as- the first
0: thing you did um what's the first thing that you thought of the moment that first verse started coming is he gonna hit that high squeal live wire right
1: right yeah
0: you didn't expect him to and he did not and you know he there, he and he has been doing this live for decades. He messes around with the melody a little bit, which I don't quibble with at all. But I guess again, I get back to what's the point of doing this? It's it's yeah. it's not going to make anybody forget of the classic stuff. And maybe that's not the point at all. But again, if you ever want to make a comparison between where you are now and what you were, well, re-record all the great stuff that made that put your legend on the map. Now, having said all that go into the comments thumbs up overall and i respect that i am and i'm not denigrating this i dig it it's just it's nothing i'm going to be listening to again three or four months from now like i do from like live stuff from back when like i do from previous solo records or records of van halen it's meh right And this is not a knock on Dave or not a knock on the other guys, although I could quibble on the bass and drum sounds, which is just sounds very low budget. It's
1: fine. It's suitable. The tones and the mix are ridiculous. It's it's like when when you take your favorite hair metal bands and then the 90s, they started re in late 90s, early 2000s. They started re-recording their hits for Cleopatra Records compilations.
0: Right. To get (laughs) a couple of royalties because they don't own the masters.
1: It sounds like Dave on, on Cleopatra, but, you know, I, I gotta like interrupt and say, like, it just occurred to me, these, these videos are getting what, sixty seventy thousand eighty thousand 70,000, 80,000 views and a hundred thousand negative comments along with those, like there's more comments than views on some of them, but. Well,
0: I, well, think, I think they're getting they're mostly, I think they're mostly getting positive comments, but yeah, ain't talking about love is 80,000 and change right now. Right. And that came out 12 days ago. Uh, sorry. It,
1: Dave would get twelve, in my opinion. He would get twelve times the traffic if he did the following, which requires no musical performance. And that is him going in the studio or one of his weird backgrounds where he wears his helicopter pilot headphones and sunglasses and hat, even though he's indoors, and he just talks about the making of these songs and what he remembers about them.
0: That's been a problem for i I Hundred percent agree with you, my friend. Because the first thing that comes up is ain't talking about love. This old picture of Dave chained to a fence from nineteen seventy-eight. And for the new, the new one, dance the night away. Is the photos from the uh, big mambo, mambo slam? of oh, yeah, Vegas. I'm, you spot. know, the ninety-six Vegas stuff, right? Ninety-seven, whatever that is. And but wouldn't that be cool? Where you know how they did the downtown sessions, as they called the acoustic stuff, uh, back when A Different Kind of Truth came out, that was all in Henson Studios. Black and white, throw up a couple carpets, whatever. Do some footage of them recording and goofing around the studio. Make it seem a little bit more human. Gives you kind of an idea of, yeah, we're doing this for shits and giggles. Instead, it's these old photos that come up, which I just don't understand, and it's just a static thing. It's not anywhere else on Spotify. Music, sound-wise, it does not sound like it was recorded in a world-class studio, which Henson is. I will tell you this, what I do like about Dance in Away, I love how, I love Estrada's guitar work at the end of it, and how it kicks off into that yeah. different sort of solo, and then that weird little interlude, 10 seconds at the end, where it gets a little soulful and bluesy at the very, very end there. I was like, huh, that's interesting. And the yeah. comments on YouTube, folks really love that too. So, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense to grade it, whatever you want to do, do we give it a thumbs up? I just give it, eh, I'm... It, I have more questions. Than, I have more questions. Than I do any sort of complaints. I dig it. I'll crank it up. But again, it's not going to replace anything I loved before. I'm thrilled and, po- and quite frankly surprised, at least on the comments that I've seen. And I'm not I, all I, I hit thumbs up. I'm on my own YouTube account. I see mostly positive comments.
1: On, I mean, on Facebook and Blabbermouth, it's a little hateful.
0: <laughs> oh, blab, blablab, Blabbermouth, no doubt, of course. And I love Blabbermouth, but YouTube, yeah. you know, I mean, but you know what? Good point, because Facebook and Blabbermouth is where probably, especially Blabbermouth, the hardcore fans are going to spend the most time on. At least they're going to spend commenting on, right? But yeah. still, when people want to Slack things, they will on YouTube. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's very I'm very, very surprised how great the comments have been on this thing on YouTube, at least.
1: Well, okay, hold on. Uh, investigator Darren putting on his hat here. As a person who manages a YouTube channel with interviews on it, I can tell you one of your options is approve every comment that goes live.
0: Right. I so, that I know, but someone's sitting here approving 538 comments so far?
1: Possibly. Would that shock you if Dave did image control on his team?
0: Jeez, you know what? That's not a huge amount of comments. It is possible to have a couple people doing this in shifts, locking. <laughs> and you just go, 1 yeah. o'clock, all right, I'm going to approve comments. 5 o'clock, I'm going to approve comments. You log in. Man, I hadn't thought of that. See, this is perfect because whenever I even think of believing in Santa Claus <laughs> – you know, it's two Jewish guys going. No, nah, there's no Santa Claus. Here's how. Here's what happens when this fat guy actually does try to come down a chimney. He gets arrested and is breaking and entering. So thank you, Darren.
1: For... Well, and then there's the other thing where YouTube. You can have one of your options in the creator studio to do, like, hold potentially questionable comments. I don't know the exact verbiage, but it can automatically screen and flag things that seem so- solicitation-oriented or harassment-oriented. Remember, I gotta, I gotta throw my, uh, repeat a quick story here, but Dave's old security guard animal, real name Harvey Stevenson, I was tracking him down for an interview eh, nine months ago and he said he would do it and then I think he got hurt and then he got busy, whatever it was. But I posted a thing on his Facebook wall because I think his messages were closed. Hey, Animal, I want to vote. And Facebook immediately tried to put me in Facebook jail because how dare you call a person an animal?
0: (laughs) The guy's name
1: is Animal. That's his (laughs) nickname. So I think that the bots... There's potential to do uh, reputational uh, uh, management. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was really 4,000 comments on that video and 538 pass-through. Whatever it is, though. Like, I don't know.
0: Well, the more I scroll down, I don't see a single negative comment. And uh, I'm going to, if I had to take that bet, I'd say they're policing the comments on YouTube. You got me.
1: Uh, unfortunately i really got you i really got you um, <laughs> now do you think we're gonna get 14 of these uh,
0: my first thought is i hope not because time is time is a finite thing my friend i want to hear other stuff i want to hear the rest of the john five songs i want to hear whatever else he may be goofing around i want to hear i want to hear a bunch of covers in the last 25 years i want to hear baker yeah. street in all its glory on spotify i want to be able to take make a david lee roth cover playlist of my own design because the rest of them are all on spotify because he finally posts them all up there i want shine a little love from yellow yeah. i want uh you know plasticine plasticine styrofoam broken trailer <laughs> park chair whatever the fuck was, you know what i mean yeah. i want the stuff i i want all the Whatever finished versions, the odds and ends that came out under the different videos for the Roth comic thing. Do you know what I'm saying? I want, yes. you know what I want? I want some cohesiveness. I want a strategy here. I mean, we brought this up before. I'm a marketing guy. I've done this. I've yes. done. I. Yes. I mean, the, here's the plan of what I as and a number one first thing first. I'm a huge fan, and so I, I want a little rhyme and reason towards this. I want to be able to. I want more.
1: There you go. My issue with all this, to be very clear, is not that Dave is not performing as well as he used to. My issue with all this echoes on what you just said, where you go, so this is not for the diehards, these tracks. These are not under any circumstance for the diehards who know what your filthy little mouth is. This is not for the casual fans, because... It's not him at his greatest, and it doesn't have Eddie. It's not for the lapsed fans. It's not for the classic rock radio stations. It's not for business, based on the fact that it's not on Spotify in most of the monetized kind of ways. Who is this for? It's not for anybody. It it doesn't—
0: Just for Dave, and that's what it all comes down to.
1: Now, I would have no problem with it being just for Dave, if he was issuing comments or videos or some accompanying content and or some kind of an overview plan to what this was. if he, Now, does he owe this to us? No, he is retired. But if he's not doing any of all this, then we have to guess. And I don't mean in the fun, mystique, David Bowie kind of way. I mean in the New York style, like, what is this? I, I don't – ugh. One more of these, I'm done. One of those kinds of, of ways, because if you think about it, if he did the 14 songs in the two hours and you go, okay, so, so jump is going to come jump. Um, that's a course he can't sing. <laughs> it, and you got to go like, well, what are the songs Dave can sing? Cause you remember there's some, some tours or some dates when he wasn't doing Hop for teacher. And then you think about the vocals and go like, Oh, we can't sing that Yankee Rose. He can't sing that. We heard the, the and part in this long rant here, Mike Musselman in his interview said that Roth told him, oh, I only do that song on the 4th of July. I was recently listening to an early 2000s show that Roth did live. He couldn't do Yankee Rose then. He could do everything. He couldn't do Yankee Rose. So, he, hence him learning to work around in certain songs he could fake. But, oh, Steve, help me out here.
0: <sighs> yeah, again, I don't understand. I don't know what the point is to this. Other than hey, I'm proud of this, throw it out there. What the hell? And I guess right now we've gotten basically one track a week for the last three weeks.
1: We we've gotten that, and you know, normally it'd go well, it's not like anything is happening in Van Halen world for him to talk about, and it's the opposite. Um, like, for example, the the park dedication in Pasadena.
0: Oh, right. Right.
1: OK. Um, the rumor from reliable sources, because this was taken down after the fact, was that Dave showed up the night before the ceremony and got a tour. Um, so no photos of him that are publicly out there. The, the rumor I heard was that Van Halen News Desk or, or the mayor's office, one of them had written a post about it and was asked to take it down.
0: I remember you had mentioned that, I think, in a previous episode.
1: Yeah. OK. Wouldn't you think that maybe it's a good look on any level? The fact that if he just gave his thumbs up at the park and said so honored that this happened, so many memories here in Pasadena. because David Roth still lives in Pasadena. <laughs> it's this damn town.
0: It's funny because maybe he doesn't want to overshadow the whole thing, but it's never stopped him from doing stuff before.
1: Yeah. So then zero members of Van Halen were at that park dedication. Great work. You guys, I'm sure you were all super busy on a Sunday morning or you couldn't go to the city and go, Hey, how about we do it this time instead when we're all in town? Yeah. Yeah. Alex is super busy. Come on. He could wear his sunglasses. It's fine. So, so you got that. Then you got um, Steve. Do you watch the show Cobra Kai? You're 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 I, probably too. too I
0: cool. do not. I, I do not. I. Everybody tell. I've, numerous people have told me I should, but there's just only so much time in the day.
1: It's much better than you think it would be. If you went, ah, like kid in the '80s, that uh, that was a kids' movie. No, it it's got really, really smart moments to it. There's a full song usage of Unchained in season five. Like there's a whole montage to Unchained, except they cut out the uh, "Come on, Dave, give me a break" part. Like it kind of mutes a little bit. A whole mm-hmm. song usage in a cool, modern, popular TV show. Has Van Halen or Dave tweeted about this? No. No. Okay. Of course not. Steve, what is the new song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers called? And uh, again, I don't. I don't assume you like the Chili Peppers these days.
0: I've never been a big Chili Peppers fan. I mean, I have respect them, the great all great musicians. They just never um they just never really floated my boat in a big way and yeah, basically if I I get I get a twitch in my eye every time I hear under the end of the bridge.
1: I hear you on that end, but the new single by the Red Hot Chili Peppers is called Eddie and it's about Eddie Van Halen and Van Halen. How many tweets have there been about this from Van Halen or David Lee Roth? As far as I'm aware, it's zero.
0: No, exactly.
1: So thank god that Dave is out there re-recording Van Halen hits and not celebrating the usages in Cobra Kai, uh, the red hot chili peppers tribute or a park being dedicated to him. Because, you know, let's face it, those are just temporary things, but these were re-record things are forever. I you're speechless
0: I am I mean it's listen these sorts of mysteries are dry, are the fuel for this podcast right I mean we uh, I don't think we don't educate but we sure as hell speculate and maybe sometimes we do educate I don't know but the truth is it is all speculation but again it's all a it kind of can be if you're a fan of this and you're any way emotionally at all invested in this which we are yeah, It just frustrates you because you see what other bands do and how they do things. And, um, and it's not just about commerce. It's about extending a legacy. Like there is an amazing, amazing, I think it's coming in November. I, I'm very surprised this ever is this much is seeing the light of day, but there is an incredible box set coming from kiss about yeah. creatures of the night. Unbelievable. Are you kidding me? This is, that's, Fantastic. I mean, the band has always held up that record as a high point, as a big thing, but I'm, there's so many bonus tracks. There's so many extras. I mean, yeah. th- we know the stuff, is there. They, the soundboard tapes, you know, I bring up Kiss a lot to it. Uh, and other bands have been doing this too. Most legacy, quote unquote, legacy acts, heritage acts, whatever you want to call it, have been mining the, and been respectful of the catalog, right? And, and have been mindful of extending that legacy in a good way. And we don't get that at all from Van Halen or Dave, and it'll never be the source of frustration. It'll never be the end of. Fr- they clearly, the people with the keys knows what's going on in the world out there, and this is and it's not just post Eddie and Wolfgang's doing his thing. I mean, this has been like this forever. We got the remasters, and that was what? That was about it. Was yeah. there some vinyl or whatever? I mean. Who cares?
1: The Japanese mini CDs that look like... Fun. Whatever. They got those. So you mentioned the Kiss one. In the last week, they announced the Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion era one. And I think if we do comparison here, now Kiss... Oh, my and-
0: God. Yeah, the Use Your Illusion. Jesus, you thought they were... Are you kidding? That set is huge. Use Your Illusion one and two coming out.
1: Yeah, it's a big deal. And, of course, Kiss and Van Halen are forever intertwined because of the Gene Simmons tie-in and that Eddie and Alex played on some of Gene's demos, which sure. Jean put on the Gene Simmons vault. But my take on things is KISS always made themselves uh, in retrospect seem bigger than they were. And the way that things are going with Van Halen, the way that they're handling their legacy management, if you want to even call it that, is they're making themselves in retrospect seem smaller than they were in the States. And Guns N' Roses was big, is big. I get it, but it's kind of like Kiss should. Van Halen should just hire Kiss, uh, Gene Simmons to do its legacy management, and or somebody, Doc McGee, somebody who could just fix this whole thing. Because I really do fear that nobody's going to be talking about Van Halen in in a good way in ten to fifteen years, and by that I mean. When people talk about, hey, I loved the 80s, I loved Living on a Prayer and Don't Stop Believing.'" they've trumped up these songs to being these songs of the 80s. And I think that Jump was as big as those songs, if not bigger. Oh, it absolutely was.
0: I mean, when you think of it, only one record kept 1984 from going to number one when it came out. That was Michael Jackson's Thriller. I mean, right? Am I right about Isn't that right? Yeah. I mean...
1: It also kept um, Pyromania, I think, out of the number one spot by Def Leppard. I mean, as far as the zeitgeist,
0: I mean, yeah, it's, you know, the Van Halen thing in the 80s, remember, half of it, to a degree, almost half of it was with Sammy. But as far as the size of that band, well, those first couple records, you know, they were arguably the biggest rock band. I mean, Journey had fizzled out by 86. Bon Jovi really didn't take off until, well, Slippery When Wet came out in 86. But before that, Def Leppard blew up with Hysteria in 87, right? I mean, before that, Pyromania was big. But as far as that peak, peak. But from 1980 to 89, right? 90, a full 10 years there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Van Halen was active they had bigger records right i mean kiss was treading water for most of the 80s
1: yeah kiss was nothing from like 82 to 94
0: well i mean asylum was big i mean for those records they put out a lot of records in a row and they did have a huge comeback with lick it up right and "Animalize," heavens on fire was all that played that i mean they were darlings that's so funny as now they were
1: A couple of these were platinum records. These weren't multi-platinum records. And the way that they talk about them in retrospect is that they were huge, huge hits. And a platinum record, tons of pop stars at that time had a platinum record because you just had to ship
0: Well, they did have a good run and a good comeback if you consider where they were from 80 to, you know, for about a good three or four years there. I mean, right. Creatures of the Night has looked back fondly, but that record was not a huge success, and the tour right. was not a big success. It wasn't until they took off the makeup, but also followed with the Lick It Up record, which there's a lot of time, but I like Creatures of the Night more than I do Lick It Up, and I love Lick right. It Up. And, you know, so they had a string there with some at least gold to platinum. They were active, there putting out records. But when I'm making the comparisons, you're right, is that as far as waving the flag, for the '80s, there was nobody bigger than Van Halen. And think of all the bands before that. Aerosmith was done. They didn't have a comeback until '87, so yeah. they were out of pocket for basically five years after. I mean, they imploded, right? 80, yeah. was it '84? Done with mirrors came out.
1: '84, '85, yeah. Yeah, and
0: then '87. Uh, you know, I mean, White Snake was bigger at the end of the decade off of one, you know, one huge record. They right. were kind of a developing artist in the states here in the beginning of the '80s, right? Same with Def Leppard. Same with, same with. Uh, you know, you know, Motley Crue was big, but Motley Crue, the first four years, I mean, when did Shout the Devil come out? And then after that, if Girls it's already, Girls...
1: The a slow burn. Shout right, devil.
0: that was an artist development story. That was growing. I mean, Van Halen was just about ready to explode at the start of the 80s, and then they later did.
1: And Guns N' Roses didn't happen until... '80. 80...
0: Guns N' Roses was 88, fall of 88.
1: Yeah, that album was like an 87 release, and then it, like, I think it topped out at 200,000 copies which nowadays is amazing. Back then was sad for a major label budget when you had a couple of videos already. But it was a,
0: it was a long, Guns Roses was a long artist development story also.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe Scorpions and Ozzy, but Ozzy was also a slow burn that in retrospect, uh, they've made bigger than he was at the time. If, if Ozzy was as big as they claimed, well, all those Randy Rhodes shows when he was still alive were in like theaters, or they were the opening act.
0: No, he was he was doing arenas, but
1: I mean, I'm trying to think Ozzy. And the, the last this. one was arenas, but they were the world's smallest, saddest arenas with the stages pushed up. But the, if, if he were bigger, there would have been much more footage filmed. That, that's how you got to look at it. The Sony cameras would have been there. <laughs> And, and there's so little Randy Rhodes footage because it wasn't big. But then, you know, Crazy Train was more of a hit after he died because the music video was after he died from the tribute stuff. But we've kind of been conditioned and brainwashed from classic rock radio and vintage-looking T-shirts at Old Navy and all that kind of stuff to, to remember things as being bigger than they were. But in the case of Van Halen, Van Halen was actually bigger than we're now remembering it due to the lack of care and handling with this whole thing. Uh, Now, am I saying that I want the 1984 T-shirts at Old Navy? Maybe. Depends. Uh, Good fit, not the thin tags of American apparel, not white color shirts. Give me black shirts, yes. But, um... uh, It's the same mismanagement here. Go ahead. You got it. All right.
0: Well, no, no, no. I was going to say, I I understand where you're coming from. There's so much missed and lost opportunity, I think, there. And I mean, suffice to say, just bringing it back around, these new tracks, fine. (laughs) Meh. I don't know what else to tell you about it. I mean, they're serviceable. They're good. I crank them up because it's the songs, because it's Dave. But I just... I. If you're going to put these out, I wish there was more. Like you said, brings to mind another little mystery. He sounds great. These were just recorded in May. Is is, is he still retired? How come he's? How come these? This isn't going on the road. Oh, how come he's not opening for somebody? We know. He, we know he looks good. We saw the thing at LAX a couple, and we and we know from that insider from a, that podcast a couple months ago, he's in good health.
1: Well, uh, I, I I I'm sorry to do a tease here, but I, is it okay if I tell a little quick story here about an? Interview? Of course. Okay. So you know the poker brat Phil Helmuth? He, he's yes. Kind of, John McEnroe is to tennis what Phil Helmuth is to right. In that he's not the top guy. He's won some stuff. He is a professional. He's he's won a lot of money in it, but it's the behavior and the brand more than the technique that we talk about. Well, I was interviewing with Phil Helmuth because this energy drink company goes to me like. Uh, do you want to talk to this celebrity? He endorses it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Just work in one or two questions and then you can ask whatever you want. Okay, cool. So I'm, I'm hitting it off with Phil Helmuth and I kind of did a recap of our conversation where I go, so what I'm picking up here is, you know, you've done this many books and you got this coming up and you're doing well, and these are your endorsements and things are great. You're doing great stuff all the time. And he goes, yeah. And then he starts talking about all the cool stuff he's doing and been doing. And he goes, so, You know, my friend had his big birthday party outside of the country. And, you know, he had Cardi B there and he had Coolio there. And it was just this best time. It was back in May. And I go, wait, wait, Phil, did David Lee Roth perform at this birthday party? He goes, "Uh, uh, I cannot confirm nor deny this. I went, did so Roth (laughs) played? (laughs) (laughs) so ultimately i then spent about five hours that day researching and i've ultimately figured out that roth did play at that birthday party with cardi b and coolio now now that i hear that and you hear that that means that roth did what 30 minutes eight songs yeah i don't think he's doing a three-hour set or
0: maybe or maybe 14 songs (laughs)
1: So he did play at that party. I did figure out whose party it is. But I'm I'm giving that person another week or so to get back to me before I feel comfortably saying it. But I'll just say this. Everyone at that party, here's why we don't know anything about it. Everyone to attend that party signed an NDA.
0: Of course they did and left their cameras, their phones at the door. But so
1: it wasn't Roth's NDA. It was the party host's NDA. So, <laughs> um,
0: I, so we, we know what we we can confirm what we already knew was that he did play this party coming from Mexico, yes. which, which when these songs started coming out, these now three songs, the timeline certainly fits. We're like, okay, well, they're, they they have not played in, they haven't played since January, let's say, right? December or January. Let's whip, let's get all these guys into shape, whip these up and yeah, let's yeah. hit record
1: might have even been december that they didn't play together but either you know that's just picking at like a right kind of the, like a week's the, but they didn't play for a couple months let's get in the studio and do this and the we'll timeline
0: play. for the henson sessions lines up yeah so i'm sure that was recorded before they jetted down to cabo wherever the hell it was
1: it, it was cabo saint lucas and it was not at cabo Wild no Park. no it was at the montage resort uh, and spa that one I can confirm. There's montage uh, spawn resorts all over the, the Junt uh, in California and whatnot. But what, what I'm getting at is if Roth was the headliner at this party and you're like, oh, he, okay, so he would have done an hour and a half set, then you'd go, oh, he's back. But when you go Cardi B and Coolio – there's no chance that at somebody's birthday party they want to watch 90 minutes of one thing. They, they Right,
0: so they all did 30 minutes, yeah.
1: Yeah, they, he probably did Jump, You Really Got Me, Panama. <laughs> he, he stuck to the hits, so he didn't lose all the influencers' attention spans. Dance the Night Away, and you, know, you could just guess the set list. This was not a deep-cut show where he decided to break out Big Train by any stretch of the imagination. But clearly it was a big money gig. It was enough money to warrant like, hey, I'll break the retirement thing. I'll leave the country. I'll fly all these people out. We'll do our top secret operation. So I don't think he's retired, but I also, I don't see any likelihood of touring.
0: I don't think so either. All right, switching gears for a minute. Ready for this? What do?
1: Wait, 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 wait. I'll just add one more note. Okay, sorry. Which one of our listeners wants to send a fake $650,000 offer in to Team Dave for a birthday party and see if you (laughs) can? It can't can't
0: be fake.
1: I'm thinking Gary Marino has has the guts to... (laughs) to figure out if it's william Ars or caa or dave direct it's like i got an eight hundred twenty-five thousand dollars offer for dave to play my party and seeing whether you get a response or not i, Just I put that challenge e- out there
0: <laughs> email the accountant that's on the website
1: <laughs> email jerry with a g but anyway All right. I off. what were you saying steve
0: all right, well, what do Sebastian Bach, Travis Barker, Tommy Brennick, Geezer Butler, Matt Cameron, Danny Carey, Chris Cheney, Chevy Metal, Phil Collins, Stuart Cobert, Mylon Cyrus, John Wano, Davidson, Elliot Easton, Joe Elliott, Josh Fries, Violet Grohl, Omar Akeem, Justin Hawkins, Shane Hawkins, Joshua Holm, James Gang, Joan Jett, Alex Johannes, John Paul Jones, Kesha, Mark King, Greg Kirsten, Getty Lee, Tommy Lee, Alex Lyson, Brian May, Taylor Momsen, Allison Moore, <laughs> Alanis Morissette, Chris Novoselic, Pink, Mark Ronson, Rick Savage, Nikki Sixx, Chad Smith, Luke Spiller, Roger Taylor, Rufus Taylor, Kim Thale, John Theodore, Lars Ulrich, Wolfgang Van Halen, Brad Wilk, Nancy Wilson, Patrick Wilson, Nate Wood, and Andrew Wyatt all have in common.
1: Wow. Is that a mix of like the England and L.A. Taylor Hawkins?
0: It seems to be. It is the the lineup for this Tuesday, September 27th at the L.A. Forum at Los Angeles, at the Kia Forum. That is the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. Doors open at 5, show begins at 7, and... In this article that I found about this this morning, um, they also mention, uh, also on here in this article, they also meant I see Gene Simmons' name on here, but it's not in this image of the poster I was just reading off of. Uh, did I say Matt Cameron? He's there. Uh, Tools, Danny Carey, Tommy Lee, Kim Fail, The Darkness, Pretty Reckless is Tame Moms. Yeah, so there was a few last minute names uh, announced on Friday late Friday afternoon.
1: Uh, That blows my mind because that means a lot of the people are doing the England show and the LA Yes.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the first thing I thought when I saw uh, Justin Hawkins' name on there and saw, of course, Wolfgang on there and Kesha. And then, of course, I immediately thought, no Dave.
1: Oh, man. Well, we
0: did see... Because remember, we talked about this before. He did do Dave Grohl's 50th birthday party at the... sands hair uh, doing an, an... a great version of Panama.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I'd say that there is a chance of some surprise guests, even from that lineup. That
0: Well, that was my next question was, yeah, okay. is there any surprise guests?
1: Here's why from my industry-esque perspective, sometimes an artist has it in their contract that they're not allowed to do any gigs in the same market within... You know, X number of miles within X number of days. Like, meaning, if you were playing um, the Enormo Dome in LA, you can't play any shows within 30 miles of LA within, you know, 45 days of it being advertised, that kind of a thing. But you're like, but it's a benefit show. Okay, just don't tell anybody. That way, in other words, the people who are on the fence, do I go to that one or that one? That doesn't exist. So there could be some L.A. people who have that in their contract. And did you say Jimmy Page?
0: Uh, I said uh, John Paul Jones.
1: Okay, so Jonesy was at the. The London one because they did them crooked vultures with Josh Homme, which is great. I would say a never say never on a Jimmy Page appearance. He he comes out of his shell. I think it would have made more
0: sense for him to do the U.K., obviously.
1: I don't know where he lives these days, because I remember reading an article that that they gave an award to Jimmy Page for his charity work in Brazil. And you're like, what? Jimmy Page is in Brazil.
0: (laughs) I envision that he still lives on this pastoral misty mountain hop estate somewhere in very, very rural England, which Jeff Beck still lives in England as this huge rural kind of I mean, I think. It was all in the same Shire or something, I don't know, where a lot of these guys all, you know, yeah. uh, George Harrison, these guys all have these massive, uh, very pastoral estates out there, but that's just my imagination. Have um, that
1: and the one bedroom in Midtown in Manhattan. So right. when they walk onto Saturday Night Live to do their cameo, they don't have to pay for a hotel room.
0: Right, right. So my mind immediately went to one. There's no Dave. Wolfgang is on it, but it, wouldn't it be awesome? And let's just have fun with some imagination and speculation. Yeah. A- Alex has plenty of time, assuming he lives in the LA area, somewhere within a two or three-hour drive or a quick flight, right? Wouldn't it be cool if it was Wolfgang, Alex, and Dave, backed by the, you know, Dave Grohl and Dave Grohl playing bass, and they they do a Van Halen cover. That would be the dream. The
1: only person... Yeah, that- Van
0: Halen, They do a Van Halen song, not called a cover. You have three-fourths of Van Halen up on stage there, two of them all being in the L.A., three of them being in the L.A. area. What am I talking about?
1: I think the only person in the world that can make that happen is Dave Grohl, based on that Led Zeppelin-ish reunion that he had happen at the Foo Fighters Wembley show. There's nobody else that I could think of that is really a uniter in rock and roll. Now, granted, there are Dave Grohl detractors. There talk to Louise post from Veruca Salt and Courtney Love and. (laughs) and Oh yeah. Dave's first wife. And like, there are some people that don't like Dave Grohl, but there's not a lot of them to the majority of people.
0: the majority of the people. He picks up the phone. If you get a call, man, I really want you to be a part of this. You're going to go. I'll be there yesterday.
1: How many people can get together? Miley Cyrus, Kesha, the pretenders. Lars Ulrich, Brian Johnson, you know, you're talking about 50, 60 years in age gap right there that you can just unite with ease. John Paul Jones doesn't get out of bed for just anybody. And, you know, he's in a band with you for fun. Yeah. Is the The one person that could do this. You but- know,
0: it's interesting. I mean, clearly this is. And if you know anything about Taylor Hawkins, you know this. These bills are. This is his record collection, right? Yeah. So while I'm not surprised that Sebastian Bach is on it, I guess I am kind of surprised he's on it, right? Elliot Easton. Is there going to be a Cars song they're going to cover there? Uh, uh, you've got a couple guys from Def Leppard in there. You got Stuart Copeland. It's yeah. a really interesting mix, right? As far as especially with some of the, um, I mean, we know he's a he was a huge Queen fan. I'm a little bummed out because there's also a huge Cheap Trick fan that Rick Nielsen isn't showing up there anywhere or Robin Zander. But I mean, if you're going to pull Sebastian Bach, who the majority of rock fans at like the Foo Fighters probably won't know who he is. Well,
1: but there's actually a small connection with Sebastian Bach that I don't think that 99% of people would ever pick up on. If, if I can sidebar and interrupt. Yeah, that. right. Okay, the new... Skid Row album, which does not have Sebastian Bach on it, is right. by Nick Raskulinas. Nick Raskulinas did a few of the key Foo Fighters records. And okay. And he almost did... I'm not going to say it was a charity case, but I interviewed Dave Snake Sabo from Skid Row, and it was like Nick Raskulinas met Rachel and her snake at a party. It's like, I want to do a Skid Row record. I love Skid Row. We need a classic form, return to form. Nick Rescolinas and Dave Grohl are super close. Like, it's not just, I produce your album, I go away. It was a, we are close. And as a result of him doing those Foo Fighters records, Nick then did Alice in Chains, Stone Sour, all these big records. So I think that Nick is the connector to Sebastian Bach or that world in some way. It's, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting as I look more here because there'll be a Rush song. You've got Geddy Lee and Alex Lifeson on the bill. Oh. There'll be a there'll be a Motley Crue song because you got Nikki Six and Tommy Lee, right? No Vince Neil making an appearance, no yeah. Mick Mars. You've got, you'll, you'll have a Def Leppard song, I'm sure. Uh, Phil Collin and Joe Elliott are, and Rick Savage are, are a part of this. I'm assuming you might have a Black Sabbath song. You got Geezer Butler. Curiously, there's no Ozzy on the bill. Maybe he could be a special guest coming out. Uh, Ozzy just put out a new record. The timing is good. He just did the uh, NFL thing, which they cut off after barely 30 seconds or whatever.
1: And Grohl was on that. Do you remember that all, the uh, Tony Iommi record? That was like the Carlos Santana Supernatural record, where his, each song was a different singer, frontman kind of person. And Grohl was on that one. But I think that album has been scrubbed from Spotify, and it might be out of print. It was an early, maybe it was like a two thousand two record.
0: Um, you got Miley. I think, yeah, I vaguely remember that, but I don't. It didn't. wasn't much more of a blip on my radar. Which now I'm wondering yeah. why, because I would have lo- loved to have checked that out more. Because I, I dig digging deep into a lot of the Tony Iommi fronted Black Sabbath stuff that didn't have Dio, that didn't have Ozzy when it was kind of in the wilderness in the late '80s.
1: But I and think- when he did when he
0: did stuff with Glenn Hughes and non Black Sabbath yeah. stuff and everything, so.
1: But I think that Iomi should be in your category of British dudes on their Shire ranch. Oh, they- no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. He's not in Cleveland.
0: No, um, you also, I'm really curious too, because she's got, I think she's got a great voice, but I'm wondering if Miley Cyrus is gonna belt out some rock tune with somebody and just, you know, coming out of that will go like, holy shit, that was my, Ma- did you see who she played? You know what I mean? And then yeah. and, and she digs her rock music. Her, um, hey, Lars Ulrich.
1: I'm sorry, I got interrupted. Miley Cyrus, her drummer and music director, Stacy Jones, who we had on an early podcast episode. He is one of the biggest Van Halen fans on the planet. Wait,
0: American Hi-Fi, Stacy Jones.
1: That's yeah. Mitchell, he's been with Miley Cyrus since maybe 05, 06. Yeah,
0: he's a he's a love American Hi-Fi. Yeah,
1: he, and he used to take drum lessons from Greg Bissonette. So crazy. Yeah.
0: So it looks like a good lineup. It looks like a fantastic lineup. What am I talking about? Shoot, the James gang? I mean, God, I love Joe Walsh. Um, it looks fantastic. I'm just hoping that there's a couple special guests to be, but there's nothing here in the in the press release, nothing here. I'm looking at the Food Fighters uh, Instagram announcer, nothing here says special guest, additional special guests to be announced or anything like that. Music benefiting music cares and music support, Tuesday, September 27th. L.A., California, the Kia Forum, once again, 5 p.m. doors, 7 p.m. show. Oh. So that's a – that's a four that goes to – because that's 7 to 11. That's a four-hour set, man. That's going to be a hell of a show.
1: But the British show was in the daylight, and it was outdoors. So wasn't that British show – because I remember watching it at 2 or 3 p.m. Like I was trying to go out the door to the beach, and I, it's just like – it was on YouTube, and I went, oh, okay, and I flipped it on – wasn't that British one like seven, eight hours, and maybe started at one or two PM?
0: Something like that, yeah. You know, there was a special. Remember, I don't think Paul McCartney was announced on the in the London one. Oh, and he showed up.
1: You're totally right.
0: So, fingers crossed. And if I have one wish list, I would love to see. You've got these other band. You got these other members from various bands that you know. There's going to be yeah. a. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there has to be a Rush song. You got two thirds of Rush there. There's, I'm sure there'll be a Def Leppard song, right? Um, I, I, I think, please bring, please give us a give us a three quarter, three fourth Van Halen reunion.
1: I think Shane Hawkins was also technically a surprise guest.
0: I get, yeah, oh sure, yeah, I get that, yeah.
1: That became the highlight that really. But he's
0: on the he's on the billing now, and Dave now- Grohl's daughter's on the billing, so.
1: Oh, Violet, got it. Yeah. I'm excited for this show. Even if it's just people doing their hits, it's a lot of these people we don't see on a regular basis doing those hits. Like this will be the third time we see Alex Liveson and Getty Lee in a three or four month period because they also did the South Park tribute show and the London one plus this. So it's like, yeah, we've seen Getty and Alex. We didn't see them perform together for five, six years before this. Right, right. Hmm. I'm excited for this show. When did you say it was again?
0: Tuesday of all days, September 27th.
1: Oh. Wow, okay. So we're
0: talking a few days from this recording.
1: The next DLR cast, I think. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about that. We're going to have to talk about the status of my Sammy Hagar Q&A, which which is weird right now. (laughs) And...
0: Yeah, you alluded to that on the and the podcast or rock so I'm real you'll, we'll have to get into that on another on another date
1: it's complex it's not as simple as do you want to talk to this guy okay here's the responses it's in the state of they sent me an audio file of him answering my questions which i thought it was going to be email q a and they said here's audio of it but I, have
0: you ever had a have you ever been like I'm a, i do publicity i get I actually for the first time had somebody record their answers in a in an audio file just a couple of weeks ago for a non-musical aid interview. But right. email interviews, I you know, I'm the go between for that all the time. Have you ever gotten an audio interview like that where they just
1: many times because like I've done so many interviews, I'm going to say maybe 20, 25 times.
0: So you I, gotta I got to transcribe it, it and
1: well, they said they'll transcribe it for me, but if you listen to the audio, they sent me stuff I was not supposed to hear. They sent oh. me they sent me some career damaging information if it got out.
0: Oh Christ, don't <laughs> say way, that.
1: The way that you cannot run what he said and like expect to work again. That, like that kind of stuff. It's not like he said anything hateful. It's just, like, embarrassing stuff you should have cut out. And I'm waiting to hear, like, well, what can I use? Where are we at? And I've had it for about two weeks now. So, and, and of course, he skipped my two or three questions about Van Halen. So, it's about 20 minutes of talk. And I'm I'm wondering if it's, like, four minutes of it is going to be okay. Well, hopefully we'll have an answer on the next episode.
0: Good stuff as always.
1: <laughs> Sad but true. Not trying to be a rabble rouser. It's just it's what happens when you one of your favorite bands of all time is not up front with you. Oh. So, so on that note, uh.
0: All right. Well, our next our next interview will I mean for our next for our next podcast episode here at the DLR Cast, we'll give you we'll give you some takes on the hopefully not Dave Less. Taylor Hawkins tribute, and the odds are extremely good we'll be talking about another uh, Live from Ensign Studios, May the May 22 Henson Sessions, whatever the hell we're calling them, yeah. another Van Halen cover song.
1: Live from hell. Uh, <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> so I think we'll have some Hawkins discussion. I think we'll have some Henson discussion, maybe some Sammy updates. For all we know, there'll be another tribute or two to Van Halen that they don't celebrate themselves, and we'll take it from there.
0: As always, a great time here.
1: Thank you, Steve. Thank you for anyone who has made it this far into it. And if you want to send an $825,000 offer for Dave to play your birthday party that you can rescind, please do that.
0: And if you want to send us an $800 offer, we'll do a custom podcast for you. How's that?
1: (laughs) Maybe, possibly. Talk you have to, to
0: sign. You. you have to sign an NDA, though.
1: Yeah, and, and we have a final edit rights, and you can't perform within thirty miles and forty-five days of this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: Absolutely.